What up all you beautiful Misfits and Rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 234 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I spoke with Anna Clausen from The Podcast Babes and Digital Nomad Stories, two podcasts that she's created, one of which she's living off of full-time. The other is a passion project of hers. And folks, for me, this episode really struck home. Really inspiring for me to hear somebody who, in a very short period of time, set a goal and achieved it faced a lot of the trials and tribulations that I've faced. She's found her way through them, found herself on the other side as a digital nomad traveling the world, living off of her podcast, The Podcast Babes, and continuing to grow that business into exactly what one day I would hope to achieve as well, which is having a fully operational online business of some kind that doesn't necessarily need me to be there for its day-to-day. I was really inspired by her and her story and think you will be too. If you're a first-time listener, please pull out that phone or whatever you're listening to this on. Hit subscribe. Please, by all means, feel free to leave me a comment. Or if you feel like reaching out and connecting with me directly, please feel free. You can always reach me at chapin at misfitsandrejects.com. Maybe you know somebody who might be a good fit for this podcast. Maybe you've heard somebody on a past episode that you would like to know more about their story or you'd like to hear more about my story. Maybe you have a few questions about something you've heard that maybe I can help you with. I'm here to help, so please feel free to reach out. Again, chapin at misfitsandrejects.com. And again, this story was really inspirational for me and came right at the right time, so I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Anna Klassen from Digital Nomad Stories and the Podcast Babes. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today, I'm joined by Anna Klassen from The Podcast Babes and The Digital Nomad Stories. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Shaper. I'm so excited to be here. I'm happy to have you as well. A good friend of ours, Francis, connected us. And when I saw what you were doing, I thought to myself, God, I could use her services. So why don't we just start there? What do you do for a living? Yeah, so the podcast base is my uh, is my main business. Uh, and we help podcasters with podcast management and podcast monetization. Very, very cool. No, that's great because that's exactly what I need right now is podcast monetization. I'd like to make this a full-time job. Um, But this is your full-time job and how long have you been doing it? Yeah, so I started uh, in podcasting more than two years ago, but it looked completely different. Like it was not the podcast babes as it is today. Um, I started freelancing and then last year... um, well, over a year ago in October, I launched, I pivoted my business and I relaunched on the name of Podcast Babes. So yeah, I don't know, like if people ask me how long the Podcast Babes exist, I never know if I should say more than two years or a little bit over one year. I don't know, but <laughs> have been going it for, on it, uh, at it for a while. So yeah. Well, I'm extremely inspired by you and super jealous that you're able to do it this quickly. <laughs> but let's get into the weeds of it and 
kind of find out how you did it because you're a digital nomad. You travel freely around the world. You make all your money online through the podcast babes. You've been, you've accomplished that in like a little over like three years, roughly a little less. And do you mind me asking about roughly how old you are? Yeah, I'm 27. You're 27. Have you ever had a nine to five? Have you ever joined the corporate world in Europe? Cause you're where from Holland originally. Yeah, no, no, not really. Um, I had I did some internships and I worked uh, through college, but um, no, not I haven't started a career that I was planning to start. But you do have a degree, I believe, what law, and you have an MBA as well. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so I studied long and hard, and my goal was always to become a lawyer, and not just a lawyer. No, no, no. I wanted to be like a big fancy lawyer to and work at a really fancy law firm and make loads of money. That was the goal. And um, at the end of law school, uh, so I, I, I studied, uh, I went to law school, of course, but I also studied business. And um, I don't know why, actually. And at the end of all of that, like wrapping up my degrees and getting my MBA. And then I realized, you know what, I actually don't see myself doing this. And I decided to not become a lawyer, um, which was a whole process on its own to decide that and everyone was like oh yeah but you can just like try it out or why don't you just work there for three to five years this is also something that many people do to just become a lawyer at one of these big firms and they work for three to five years pay off all of that um, which I now understand why they do that um, and then do something else but I yeah I just never started. Can we go into this a little bit because I know I have listeners who have this same I don't want to call it a problem, but find themselves in the same place where they did what they were supposed to do. You know, they went to school because let's just say their parents wanted them to, or maybe they thought they wanted to be a, a high end lawyer as well. They come to the end of the finish line. They have tons of debt. They realize they don't want this and either they paid for it or their parents paid for it. And they don't want to disappoint the people who kind of pushed them in that direction in the first place. And they find themselves stuck. And they don't really know how to get out of this situation. So they just kind of surrender, you know, and then fast forward 40 years or like, I've never really lived my life the way I wanted to. They have a crisis, you know, they get a divorce. I'm just making this up at this point. (laughs) How did you have the courage to not move forward when you came to that conclusion that you didn't want to be a big time lawyer? Like, what was your thought process? How did you find the courage? What did you do? Yeah. Uh, good question. I don't really know what I thought, to be honest. Um, but it was exactly like you said, I just didn't want to become that person who just went with it because I was too scared to do something else. But I also didn't really have a plan B. My plan was always to become a lawyer. And that was my focus. Like I had blinders on, I was just like, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to be a lawyer. So I did everything I could to become a lawyer. And then when I decided that that was not what I wanted to do, I had no idea what the alternative was like. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. So that was really scary. And it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do. I'm actually still figuring it out. I don't know if I would I will do this for the rest of my life, but uh, I have a little bit more of an idea of what I can and want to do. Um, but I it, it took me a few months to even have any idea what I wanted to do so I, I applied for some jobs as a strategy consultant because that is basically like the same table but then on the other side of the table so not with the lawyers but with the business consultants um never 
I, I also did a few interviews, but never like got a, uh, like got anything going there. And I was um, really glad. So because I was so lost, um, one of my friends uh, was in Australia at the time and she was doing a gap year between her bachelor's and her master's. And she said, well, since you don't know what you want to do anyways, why don't you just come to Australia? We're, we're, we'll do a working holiday together here so we can just work for a year, travel around. And then in the meantime, you can figure out what you want to do. I was like, actually, that's not a bad idea. I always wanted to travel um, after finishing up university. But my plan was to do that when I had a job kind of like lined up so that I knew that I could spend all my money and didn't really have to worry about that. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know what? Okay, we're just going to do this. I will just travel and find myself <laughs> along the way. Um, so yeah, that is that is what I did. I, I told her, okay, I'll come to Australia, but I want to backpack Southeast Asia on the way. Uh, so I'll meet you there. And that's what we did. We uh, backpacked together for a while. I did some solo travels and then we went to Australia and I was there for 10 months on a working holiday visa. I did some like odd jobs, worked in hospitality and worked on a strawberry farm. And when I was working there at the strawberry farm, that I had so much time to think because it was just me and the strawberries <laughs> all day long. And uh, for the first three months, that was awesome because I just had so much time to figure out what I wanted to do and really think things through and I don't know I really enjoyed it actually and there I realized that I had absolutely nothing to lose so yeah that's that's when I decided okay you know what I'm just gonna try out this digital nomad thing I have had been listening to podcasts and reading blogs and everything about digital nomad life for a while already but it was always something that I was like oh yeah but that is something that other people do <laughs> and maybe I will do that at some point uh, in my life but First, I need to, I don't know, like pay off this student loan and I don't know, do things and build a career. And then maybe one day and then between the stories, I was like, you know what? Why not now? Because I literally have nothing to lose. I don't have a job. I don't have a house. I sold all my stuff. I'm here in Australia. So might as well try it out and see what happens. I like that. So it was on your radar, but you were so focused on being a lawyer. You just needed that little bit of space and time to rethink your plan and then that digital nomad thing kind of bubbled to the surface did you know where you would start within that realm of online entrepreneurship did you have any kind of idea of indicator like where you might want to move towards no not really um my first plan was to teach english but um that's not that can be difficult when you're not a native speaker and uh, i can be as good as english as i want but i will never be a native speaker so um, that was, I don't know, that would might that might have been a little bit risky to go that route um, because I also needed to like make money soon. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I had no idea, so I just like went on the internet and read some blog posts as you do, right? And I found a course that was really interesting to me, and it was a course to become a virtual assistant. And virtual assisting is really broad. You can do so many different tasks to support um, entrepreneurs or online entrepreneurs. So I was like, you know what? This actually sounds fine. This sounds like something I can I can do and I can kind of like learn along the way. So 
I'll just I'll be able to make cash fast. And that was really important because I didn't really have time to build something up for a long time or like passive income streams and all that. I was like, that is super cool, but I just need to make money now because otherwise I cannot, I have to go home and live with my parents and that is not what I wanted to do. So I took the course and I learned so many different things. And one of the modules was actually podcast management. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is very interesting. I never knew that there was such a big industry behind all these podcasts that I always listened to. And I was always very interested in podcasts. That was always my thing. Uh, so when I saw that, I was like, yeah, this this is it. This is for me. So um, I started looking for a client to help with podcast management. And that on its own was a journey. Like I had no idea how to get a client. Eventually, I found one in a Facebook group um, and started working as a podcast manager for her. Absolutely undercharging, of course, but it was great for the experience. And it just, yeah, kind of went from there. So how long was that process time-wise from, you know, finding that course, it sounds like you took on becoming a virtual assistant to then finding your kind of like passion within that, with which is podcast management to finding your first client to where you're actually, I'm assuming that one client wasn't paying you enough monthly to support yourself. You're probably still living on savings at that point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember that I took the course when I was still at the farm uh, to pick strawberries. And I think that was September or August, maybe August. Um, so I finished the course, maybe September, started um, kind of like looking for clients. I think I got my first client in November. I think, yeah, I got, I remember that I got two clients like kind of at the same time. First, nothing for maybe six to eight weeks. And then I got two clients at the same time, but I could definitely not, not live with that. They paid me a few hundred dollars. And then I think, uh, yeah, like maybe January, January, February, I got one more client and then a the month after one more and then I could kind of live on it. Uh, but I also, I went back to Southeast Asia. So first I went to uh, Indonesia. I went to Bali for a bit and other, other islands in Indonesia as well. And then I went to Vietnam and that is where I really built my business. That That's where I got most of my clients and where I could really sit down and work and get all of that going and yeah, really build it. That's when it really, I, I don't want to say took off because it definitely didn't take off at that point. No, this is such a cool story. Yeah. Thank you for being so transparent. And I like how fast you work. And it sounds like you might be pretty intuitive in the way you kind of make your decisions that kind of led you down this path because everything just connected so quickly for you. Do you consider yourself an intuitive person? I do now, but I was just very impatient. Um, which I'm trying to work on <laughs> because um, I tend to get an idea and then I want it yesterday and it doesn't work like that usually. Um, so I'm really trying to focus on that this year. That's actually one of my intentions for uh, 2022 is to really focus on being more intuitive and living more in flow, which obviously sounds like very woo, but I mean not rushing it so much because when I thought about okay I want I want to be 
a podcast manager, I want a client, I wanted it right now, like today. And I felt it felt like it, it took forever before I got my first client. But then now I'm here on, on your podcast, Chapin, and you say, oh, you did that so fast. And then I'm like, it felt like it took me ages. So I think that is just my like mindset challenge that I have is that I want everything yesterday. And that is not really that has not really been serving me. So then take us through your day to day when you were hustling, because you hear this a lot, like, oh, I was working 14, 16, 23 hours a day to get this started. I did it for three years. And then I got my first client or whatever people say it always is crazy extreme hours. And I've never found myself to be productive more than four to six per day. So like what kind of effort are you making daily to find these clients and, and get yourself going? Yeah. Um, I am, I'm thinking about like the really the first few months, but I remember that I went to Vietnam and I basically just locked myself inside my Airbnb <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I just need to find a client now, like this month. So I also didn't really have money to do fun things. And I went to Hanoi, which was actually not a really good decision, like looking back. But my idea was, okay, I'm just going to lock myself here in this room. I'm just going to make it work. And that didn't work because I was really in that mindset of I need this, like I need, need, need this. So I would wake up in the morning, first thing, check my email no replies from people that I um, sent an email to. Okay, so that was already like bummer. And then I would go on social media. I would go in Facebook groups. And I think the mistake that I made early on was that I wasn't really marketing myself. I was just looking for a client. I didn't see it as a business at all. Um, so I was just looking for the next client. There was no long-term relationship building or any marketing involved and I don't know if you yeah I don't know if that should be the first step but I I just I also didn't care about relationships I was just like I want a client now you you're not going to be my client okay then I don't want to be your friend on online um, because I also I just needed it I also didn't have time to build relationships and all that so looking back I think I could have done this way smarter and I didn't have to spend that much time online if I would be a little bit smarter about it but that's that's what I did I just spent a lot of time on social media wouldn't recommend it so then you know a lot of people say the fortune is in the follow-up so the individuals who initially got back to you saying they weren't interested or never responded are you saying that you just didn't follow up with them at all you just kind of kept going for the the new the new email blast um, yeah, so what I did was I was in Facebook groups a lot and there were job postings there. So I would just apply to a job posting. I w wasn't really cold emailing or anything. Still don't do that. Um, and I also think it doesn't really uh, fit my personality to do that. Um, but in a job posting, for a job po posting in, in a Facebook group, there were probably hundreds of people replying to the job posting. And I also didn't really stand out. I know that now because now I'm on the other side and I'm going through applications to hire people for my business. So now I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I should have done. But yeah, then it was just a numbers game. But I also didn't have any experience. So I also didn't really know how to get someone to hire me if I don't have experience. 
Um, now I know, I think the tip that I can give people who want to start freelancing or who are looking for a client of any sort is I think the first client you get through your personality, through showing people your personality and showing people that you that you're trustworthy. Mm-hmm. That is basically it. I think that's the key to finding your first client. This is great stuff, Anna. Thank you so much. I like your strategy of moving out of Australia to Vietnam, where it's a lot cheaper to make your money go a lot longer. And from the digital nomad perspective, that is a strategy a lot of us utilize, where we kind of jump around from place to place based on our budget and what we can actually afford. And then you get to the upper echelon of digital nomads who are doing like some of my friends in my group that are doing, you know, like six figures a month, you know, they're renting the chateaus in Switzerland for, you know, six months to ski. Like (laughs) if you get the whole spectrum of digital nomads like myself, we're just trying to do it off, you know, 10, 13, 20 bucks a day. And then people who can travel to those really expensive places and not even think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also cool that there are so many options and you can really see what works for you at that time and you can also change it at any time. Like if I would make a million next week, then I would probably also run a nice chateau in Switzerland. (laughs) Absolutely. So at what point did you kind of shift your thinking from being like the assistant podcast curator to creating a business around your skill set and knowledge about podcasting, how to monetize it? Yeah, um, I had some really bad experiences with clients, actually, um, which is totally my own fault. Like, <laughs> looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Um, so what what happened is I had a few clients and I earned enough money to make a living as a freelancer, but I just like barely made enough. I could pay my bills, but that's it. And I was living in... Um, in Bali at the time. So it was not a lot. I made a few hundred dollars every month. And then uh, at the start of COVID, actually, a lot of clients let me go at the at, at, uh, like at that time, all at the same time. And especially my, um, my biggest client, I had one client, a Dutch podcaster, and she had a really big podcast. She had a lot of work for me. So most of my time, probably like 70, 80% of my income was working for her. And she also let me go. And she didn't, uh, she actually breached the contract. So she didn't pay me like one day to the next. And she paid me up front. So that I didn't do any work that I wasn't paid for. But it was still not great because one day to the next, I was like, how am I going to pay rent next month? I have no idea. I had no savings. Um, so that was a problem. And then eventually, I mean, it, in the end, it worked out, but it was so stressful that I was like, I am not going to do this anymore. So that was um, a situation that I was like, this this needs to change. Like something needs to change here. Uh, what you can also do, of course, is charge more for clients. Um, so that is also a strategy. But I also didn't like that I was working so much. That I was just looking at a computer screen and it was the same task over and over again. And I do really love podcast editing I think I'm quite good at it I enjoy it a lot especially if it's a podcast that I enjoy but writing show notes and all the other tasks that I was offering to clients I just didn't really enjoy it and I just didn't really want to do it anymore so I was like okay this 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 is um 
this this I think I'm not the perfect freelancer. I think that is basically <laughs> in short why I changed my business model. I'm not the perfect freelancer. I think some people they enjoy this a lot. They can just charge high ticket prices to their clients and they make a, they can make a really good living as a freelancer working not even 40 hours a week. But that's just not me. Um, I didn't enjoy it that much. I just enjoyed parts of it. So then I started thinking, okay, what can I do to make this more enjoyable for myself, but also worth my time and my effort? And how can I really like build something? So then I I think I had already started my own podcast by then, Digital Nomad Stories with a different name, slightly different concept. And from that experience, I just learned so much about podcasting. Even though I worked with several clients before that, uh, just this experience of starting my own podcast, I was like, oh, now I understand my clients so much better. And also like working behind the scenes for all these different podcasters was also really insightful. I saw things that worked and that didn't work. And I wanted to share that knowledge that I got. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do something that I can also get the opportunity to share this knowledge with people. So that is when I slowly moved. Well, first podcast strategy in general, which is like super broad, of course, because what is podcast strategy? It can basically be anything. And then slowly I niche down to podcast monetization because that is what I like to talk about. That is what I think not that many people are talking about. Um, most post podcasters think that their main um, way of monetization or their main strategy to monetize a podcast is to find sponsors. And that is definitely a way to monetize a podcast, but you usually need quite a few downloads or your podcast needs to be super niche and perfectly in line with their brand. But usually you, you just need thousands of downloads to make good money from that. And that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. And I don't know if that is worth it, to be honest. So I decided to start teaching how, pe how people can make, monetize their podcast and make money from this platform that they've built and this um, listenership without the thousands of downloads, because there are definitely ways to do that. And that's has proved to be really helpful and that is what I became known for a little bit and yeah then in that was like a whole process of of months to like figure that out and niching down slowly and then in uh in summer of that year I decided okay I need a I, oh I was actually working with a brand strategist at that time and she said I don't think that your business name really shows what you do and really shows like uh, or like is really appealing to your ideal client and I totally agree like my business name was easy podcast services which sounds like kind of like corporate I don't know not really what I was doing so uh, I needed a new name and I also decided I needed new branding my branding was super ugly it was just what I created in Canva and it was very pink and actually totally not me. So I decided to make a big pivot out of it and just create a new business name, new branding, new website, new services, new everything. So that was um, a big change. So brave. I mean, I'm exactly relating to everything you're saying right now without the success of having clients. Um, but my question would be, is this all happening still in Vietnam? 
in the sense that you were you were pivoting in Vietnam, moving away from the freelance model into your own business? Uh, no, I was actually, when, where was I at that time? Um, so I was in Vietnam for three months and then my visa expired and my friend was actually coming to visit me in Thailand and I had like two and a half weeks in between. So I went to Thailand already um, to then meet her there to get work done and all that. Um, then there I actually met my boyfriend um, which is a story on its own anyways um, so after my friend left no she she wasn't sorry this is not a good story um, let me start over on that so I was in Thailand I met my boyfriend there when I was kind of like waiting for my friend to visit so she came to Thailand and we traveled around a little bit but then COVID hit so all borders were slowly closing around us and in Europe and I actually had a flight home I was away from home for two years at that time, almost two years, almost two years. And I was like, uh, and I booked a flight home. So then the border started closing and uh, my, I don't know, then friend, now boyfriend asked me to come to Bali with him instead of going to Europe. Because in Europe, the, the pandemic situation was really bad. And um, in Bali, it was, it was not that bad. So I changed my flight and... I met up with him in Bali. So we lived in Bali for five months. And that is when I worked freelance. And when all of that happened with the client who let me go when it was next and my income was non-existent for a while. And that was really scary because I was in Bali. Um, so it felt it felt far from home. It was also pandemic time. So I, everything was very uncertain and kind of scary um we had lockdown in Mali of uh, as well of course so we also had to stay inside so that was not great and then in August of that year I came home finally after exactly two years on the road and then like the following that that is when that whole process started of finding out how to pivot exactly and the new brand and all that. And then in October, I launched it. I launched a new business name, a new brand. But you had already started the process under the old business name and you were starting to uh, deliver a service that had is, was about to change a little bit, correct, as you pivoted? Um, well, it was more that I was figuring it out slowly and I was um, putting out some content about it, but I didn't really offer the service yet. And I made it really like a big pivot and also like, a, um, I don't know, I, I looking back, I should have done this completely different. I should have just built this up slowly. That is not what I did. I was just like, boom, new business name. And everyone's like, who are you? Um <laughs> So I didn't really do that very well. And the first few months were tough because I thought I was already marketing something like podcast management under my old name. So people still know me, right? I'm just, I'm the same person, but it didn't work like that. I definitely had to start marketing kind of from scratch, maybe even. So it was really tough. That transition did not go smoothly at all. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But you were home safe in the Netherlands with family and able to kind of work work at it every day without, you know, the insecurity of being in a foreign country, thinking that you might get stuck there for the rest of your life 
and you were you were now home and alleviating some of those anxieties. Yes. Yeah, true. I also lived with my parents for a while uh, to get everything going again because I did not make any money mm-hmm. for months. Um, I actually, I was I was making a loss. So because I ha- had this whole new website, whole new branding, so I spent a lot of money on this new brand, and it was not coming back to me yet. So the first half of twenty twenty was tough. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a common story, but I like yours because you got off to such a good start right away. You were able to do it while you were on the road, you know, create this business for yourself while you're on the road with your freelancing to sustain yourself and continue to do what you like, which is traveling. And then obviously there's constantly roadblocks being thrown in front of us. You have to climb over, you know, get around, dig underneath. Um, and then there's that like real test. It's kind of this symbolic test that we all go through as entrepreneurs that like, is this really what you want? It seems like life is saying to us, which you persevered through in that pivot, bringing to, uh, the world where you're at now, which is what, I mean, you have digital nomad stories, which is one podcast that I was proud to be on just now prior to this call. And then you have the podcast babes, which is your your business, your bread and butter, how you make a living day to day. Take us through the difference between each one and and how you actually do both simultaneously. Yeah. Um, so Digital Nomad Stories is uh, it's actually my passion project. I do that because I love it. I interview digital nomads and share their stories, as the name suggests. And um, I really see it as a hobby and not a job so I also try to treat it as a hobby I do try to be very consistent so there is a new episode every week and sometimes that means that on Sunday I am editing the podcast that goes live the next day Um, but I try to not see it as work and I also try to treat it as not work but as something that I really do for myself because I enjoy the conversations that I have with guests so much so that is that is really how I, I I just see this as a way to make friends when I'm not currently on the road. So to still have a little bit of travel in my life, I just live through my guests. <laughs> um, so that's that. Um, the passion project, the podcast base is my business. That is what I do every day. It is an agency now. So that means that I work with a small team who help me with uh, podcast management. And I try to do all of the podcast strategy. I have, um, I help people launch podcasts as well. So then I do the strategy sessions and um, my team helps me with editing and kind of the work that I did before is what I have a team for now. And I can really build a business, grow it, um, talk to potential clients, talk to current clients. That is also something that I learned that it's very helpful to talk to your clients every month I didn't do that as a freelancer I also didn't have time for that Um, but now I try to talk to all my clients every month to check in see how they're doing is there any changes is there any feedback so that is a big lesson that I had Um, so yeah now it's really a business and I'm more like a business owner who also does more business owner tasks all day Mm mm-hmm you said a lot that I can really relate to throughout this whole episode, but the most recent one was, you know, hobby versus job. And in today's world, so many people push, you know, make your, they don't say it this way, like make your hobby your job, but like take your passion and turn it into, 
you know, a moneymaker and then you'll be happy for the rest of your life and never have to work a day in your life or whatever that Chinese proverb is. And I find that no matter what you do, it always turns into a job, no matter how much you love it. At some point in the years to come, you're going to sit down with that thing that you started off loving more than everything and it's going to feel a bit like a job and to whatever degree that is for you it can be different for everyone but i like your strategy with having the digital nomad stories as a hobby that you have cognitively said like this is just going to be my hobby i'm only going to keep it like that but over here related to podcasting i'm going to have an agency or it's like no this is my job this is how i actually make my money that's a super cool strategy which i haven't really been able to separate yet, which I think is probably why I continue to fail over and over again. Well, it's it's not it's not easy. It's not like okay, that is always how I feel. Like sometimes it is Sunday afternoon, and I still need to edit that damn podcast episode, and then I'm like, mm, <laughs> I'm not enjoying this. But then I start doing it, and then I remember why I do it, and then it, it all feels way better. And um, exciting news is that I do have a, pod, uh, a podcast sponsor at this point, which is completely random. <laughs> I wasn't really looking for a sponsor. I was open to it, but I wasn't really looking. And someone uh, reached out to me asking if he could sponsor my podcast. So that is really cool. Um, super grateful uh, for that. And it's definitely not something I can live off. But I see this as a bonus because I would have done the podcast anyways. And now someone is paying me. So I see that as free money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even that mindset is so beautiful. Like I have people reaching out and it seems a little bit scammy sometimes. You're like, oh, I'll give you 50 bucks to like put you know an ad on your podcast. But I just – I haven't followed up because it just seems like there's going to be a crazy weird catch. I should probably get – I should probably follow up with that individual. But how long does it take you to edit? Um, not long anymore. Um, I can do digital nomad stories in an hour. So that is editing. Then I write show notes. I upload it, and that's that. But I think that's also because I have been doing all of the tasks for more than two years, almost every day. So. And are you pulling out quotes when you are editing? Uh no, no, not for this podcast. I do that for clients, and I know that I could promote my podcast better. But because it is a hobby and I really want to keep seeing it as a hobby, I will do this at some point. Maybe I'll even hire someone to help me with that. But um, I'm really focusing on the podcast base because that is the that that is the money-making activity that I have currently. So once that is maybe even a little bit more stable and I don't have to be there every day, the whole day. So what I'm working on now is to... Um, give myself the opportunity to kind of like disappear for a few days or maybe work half days or I try to be less present in the business in 2022 because I am I, I'm not the business not anymore so I should try to treat it that way as well like my business is an entity and I am separate from the business that is how I'm trying to build it now so I'm building out a team and making that very stable but also cli the client base trying to make that very stable and then I don't have to show up every day for I don't know six to eight hours is usually what I work um, so that is that is the goal and when that happens and I also have more time for my hobbies whether that's digital nomad stories or if I want to go on walks or I don't know um, different hobbies like read a book um, so that is that is 
hopefully the next step. Yeah, you're really good at sales. Like everything you're saying is just sell, selling me on everything you're doing. Like I want everything <laughs> that you have right now. Um, I'm not good at sales at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's something very synergetic about this conversation for me to hear right now. Um, so then let's, yeah, let's talk about the podcast agency, the podcast babes. Uh, what would a client like myself get from your service? Yeah, um, what we do is, well, it depends what you're looking for, of course. If you're looking to monetize your podcast, I am in the, like, I have a course. It's in the works. I'm creating it now. And that will really take you through the whole process of finding out how you can monetize the podcast, what works for you, for your audience, most importantly, and how you can start that. And what your strategy is also like, okay, first step might be finding a sponsor. And then second step, maybe you want to find uh, affiliate partners, or I don't know how that looks like for you, but like going through that process. So I'm working on that now. Uh, if you're looking for podcast management, that means that you record the episode, you send it to us, well, actually you upload it to Google Drive, and then we go in and we make sure that that episode is perfectly polished when it goes online at exactly the right time. And those are the two main services you provide, which yeah. I mean, it sounds uh, like the course isn't a service. Like, do you do like, actually, you would you hold my hand, for example, through the process of monetization, fleshing out like where I could monetize and then help me? Uh, move in that direction to monetization? I did offer that last year, but I actually decided to not offer that this year because I have a very clear goal for myself and my business. Um, I want to leave Europe again in October and travel. And what I really like to do is travel without working for a while and that is that is of course like the next step now you have the business and all that and now you don't want to take it on the road anymore uh which is funny but it is what it is i just want to focus on travel for a bit and take actually four weeks off and if i'm working with someone one-on-one -on -one and helping them monetize their podcast i cannot really step away for four weeks um so i decided to not offer that this year i am thinking about creating a mastermind this is actually also probably good to know. Uh, last year, I tried to launch a mastermind for podcasters where we would all monetize our podcast together. And I think three months with a small group, max 10 podcasters, and it flopped. Only one person signed up. And I marketed that hard. <laughs> so that was not great. And I'm a little bit hesitant to try again, but I still think it's a really good idea. So I might actually uh, try to launch that mastermind anyways. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd, I'd be interested and we can talk more about that after this. But I just am so inspired by what you've accomplished in such a short period of time. And I know you think for yourself it, was, it took so long. But if you compare my story to yours, you can see very clearly that you're on the, the faster track than I am <laughs> with the monetizing and making a business out of a hobby slash you know passion project slash idea yeah i think it's just probably also instagram is not good for us on instagram you have all these coaches that tell you that they made a million dollars in two weeks and yeah i think you don't usually see the whole story or hear the whole story yeah no that's so true i mean instagram is very very um 
unclear or not 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 accurate and yeah timelines and time frames and the reality of how how long this can take for people to accomplish yeah yeah exactly i think it's so yeah like you said it's so funny that you say that oh you did that so fast and in my head it's just like oh my god it took me forever yeah yeah well that's great and i'm super happy for you and so is your boyfriend if you don't mind me asking capable of also being a digital nomad when you do set out in the coming year yeah um hopefully <laughs> well we are that's also why we set the goal for october the the idea is definitely that we go together and we set this goal for october so that we can o- also both uh change what we're doing now so he works for a company here in germany but he works remotely and when he started he had to go to the office but now here in germany like there's like kind of a lockdown or i don't know but they recommend people to work from home so he has been working from home for a while already and he will until at least march so we are going to be using that (laughs) and and he wants to ask his boss if he can uh, take just like take off and leave germany and still work for the company if not he wants to look for a new for fully remote job um and he is also working he is work, working towards becoming a graphic designer and creating passive income that way by creating templates and selling that on Etsy, creative market, and um, yeah, things like that. Maybe even some freelance work. I don't know. He, um, I don't think that he wants to make that his main job, but maybe. It's music to my ears. I like the idea of passive income. If you have the skill set to create something like that, I think that's viable for anybody out there. It's not easy, but you can do it. And that's rad that yeah. that's where you guys, your guys' head's at. Where do you think you'll head in October? So I don't really know yet because first, like, first goal is just to be able to leave. <laughs> that's what I'm working on now. I think maybe – so I'm actually thinking about Africa – and it's funny because you also said on the episode that we just recorded for my podcast that you're also thinking about going to Africa, right? But I think Africa would be cool because it's also in a similar time zone as we're in now. And that would make life so much easier when I'm still running my business. Even if I don't have to run it like every day for a whole day, it would still make like calls and everything easy. Um, so maybe that or... Otherwise, maybe South America. Um, I would also be very interested to see more of that, and um, also like for yeah for calls and all that. It's also okay for me. I would not go to Southeast Asia at the moment for that reason because my client calls would be in the middle of the night, yeah. and I'm not gonna do that. Uh, so at some point, I'll go to Southeast Asia again, but not not now probably. Yeah, that makes sense and is something we have to think about when we have staff around the world. Time zones is a big, big deal. Um, Anna, if you could speak to one listener out there who's inspired by your story, who's thinking about either traveling, maybe it's a female traveler who is scared to leave the world or leave uh, the country of their origin to go see something new, or maybe it's an individual who wants to start the digital nomad process or phase of their life. What would you tell them to inspire them to take that first step? I would say do what I say don't do what I do (laughs) Um, I have made it extremely stressful for myself to start literally from scratch so if I would have to do it again I would save 
quite a bit of money so that I would give myself a bit of a runway to do to figure out what I want to do and and how it works um and I didn't do that and it just gave me so much stress and pressure and it was just not great for that reason I couldn't really enjoy my travels uh because of that so giving yourself a little bit of runway that way I think is very valuable when you're on the other side of the world and you're trying to figure out what works um I think one thing that I did do what worked what I think works for many people is to go to a country where you can live off not a lot of money and you can build your business there that is also a way to reduce the stress of oh my god I have to make it work now um so yeah I would say save a lot of money so that you don't have to worry about that for the foreseeable future and you can really um focus on building something instead of I need a client now I love it Anna thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure chatting with you thank you Chapin this was so fun awesome Anna thank you so much for your time what a great story as I said I connected so much with it you have faced a lot of the same struggles you found your way through them to the other side where you now have a monetized podcast you have another side hustle which is your passion project digital nomad stories podcast i think it's so cool and again like i really am aligned with your vision of designing a specific lifestyle of being able to travel with a a fully operational business that you don't have to be involved in on the day-to-day continuing to pursue other types of projects and I hope one day that I'll be able to get there as well. So thank you again for your time. And folks, please remember to subscribe, leave a comment. And again, if you want to reach out and connect with me, please feel free. Chapin at misfitsandrejects.com. Any questions are welcome. And if I can be of help or value to you, please reach out. I'm always here. Looking forward to seeing you in next week's episode. Take care. Have a good day. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspire you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.